Well, they always say the first three rules in real estate are location, location, location. Uh, our guest on this segment of Perspective has taken part in a study which indicates that uh, that might also be the first uh, three rules of uh, well-being for women in Ohio. The Center for Community Solutions completed its Status of Women Fact Book, examining data from all of Ohio's 88 counties uh, in key areas like health, economic st- economic status, and education. Uh, and our guest on this segment of Perspective is Melissa Fetterman. She is the True Half Chair of Health Planning at the Center for Community Solutions and was very involved in this study. And uh, Melissa, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, those were kind of the big things, uh, health, ec- economy, education. Uh, how did you break those down and what were some of the metrics that you looked at in compiling this status book? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to start, we really started looking, um, well, we conceived of the idea about a year ago and then really started looking at the data earlier this year. So the data we use comes mostly from census, the American Community Survey. We also use vital statistics data in the health section. Um, we looked at community health centers or federally qualified health centers and lookalikes um, as far as you know, access to primary, you know, comprehensive health care. We looked at the Ohio Cancer Incident Surveillance System, um, as well as Target Smart um, for the voter data and um, Matriot. And we were trying to see where there are differences because we had been aware of national work looking at states, looking across states at the status of women and the economic status of women that the Institute for Women's Policy Research had done. Ohio scored a C minus. We were really interested to see if there are differences among counties. And you found some uh, pretty dramatic ones, didn't you? Do you uh, do you have? Uh, uh, well, I guess let me ask you that. Generally, you found some pretty pretty strong differences among these counties, didn't you? We did. Well, and I guess I'll start with the similarities. I mean, across the state, it was pretty striking to see, although women um, had better educational attainment or the same um, compared to male counterparts in their counties that they weren't earning as much. Um, they are more likely to be living in poverty. Um, and certainly, you know, when we look at certain types of careers, they were very underrepresented and STEM jobs. So that's science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, we look at difference, though, absolutely. Um, you know, these weren't meant to be scorecards. We didn't score them like the national report did. We really just wanted to arm counties with this data. We found it interesting. We thought this was meaningful, and we thought others would as well when they're thinking about policy and planning. And, um, you know, looking at central Ohio, I mean, whether it's, you know, the teen pregnancy rates when you're looking at Delaware versus the Marion, um, when you're looking at civic representation, um, you know, Franklin County is doing is doing well um, compared to the rest of the state. Um, and also it's interesting because the data doesn't all hang together. So Delaware County, um, you know, was highlighted for um, having, you know, um, some better health data um, or health indicators. Women are doing better in those ways. Um, and then um, education and the gender wage ratio. Um, but they were kind of middle of the pack when it came to the percent with, um, of elected officials in the county that are women. Uh, one of the stark differences that uh, that jumps out at you when you look at the county by county breakdown, uh, the difference in the number or the percentage of women uh, of childbearing age or women living in poverty uh, in Delaware County compared to that in Franklin or Marion County, uh, it's a double digit difference in percentage, isn't it? Absolutely. And so, I mean, that's, you know, every county is starting in a different place when it comes to, you know, leadership and policy and funding and practice when it comes um, to, you know, the programs and policies that will impact women and their families. And so, I mean, this is really 
a place for counties to start. They can look at their data. They can, you know, is there, um, you know, is there affordable and child, uh, quality child care? Is, um, you know, paid family leave something that there's momentum for? Um, so there are a lot of different um, policies and programs that would impact these numbers. And so we're really hoping that the counties, you know, take a good look at this and think about what will work there. Did you find that poverty struck one demographic uh, more more strongly than in others? You know, we were really surprised when we first looked at the data that in about a third of counties, women of childbearing age um, were most likely to be living in poverty because um, we often focus on um, childhood poverty and for good reason. Um, but this is a group of you know women that should have education at this point, should be looking into career advancement. And for, again, a third of counties, that, that demographic is most likely to be living um, in poverty compared to all other um, basically sort of cutoffs when you look at women, but also compared to men. And you didn't look at causes and effects, but you did look at correlations, or at least the, the, the data suggests some correlations for anyone who looks at it. Um, but, uh, for example, uh, Delaware County. Uh, Delaware County uh, was the highest median income among women, $56,000 a year, median income, Delaware County. Um, so there's your high watermark. Uh, and again, we mentioned that it's also uh, has a very low poverty rate. Um, but uh, in other areas, does it stand out as, uh, as head and shoulders above any other county in Ohio? Or are there some, uh, you know, evening out factors a little bit between even a well-to-do county like Delaware County and one that's struggling a little more like maybe Marion County? You know, that's a great question, and I think that would be a great topic for future research. I can't tell you how many things we came across that we wanted to include in these profiles. Um, we looked at, you know, everything from domestic violence um, by gender, by county, to maternal mortality and morbidity. Um, we would have liked to have a deeper dive on race um, because we know that brown and black women are typically more vulnerable when we look at these indicators. So I will put that on the list for future <laughs> research. I mean, it's a great question. Um, for example, um, uh, about 20% of the women in all three of those counties that I've mentioned, and again, you, you studied all 88, uh, about 20% to 25% of the STEM jobs in those counties are held by women. Do you feel that's underrepresented, and does, can you compare to the rest of the country? That's a great question. I can't compare to the rest of the country, but we are underrepresented. Um, in the state, though, there's a real there's a real diversity. I mean, we saw from about you know one in forty STEM jobs being held by women in the state in some counties to, to about half, um, where women you know are about equally represented. So there's a huge diversity in the state, and so we're really interested to see what the counties do with this data when they see it. I think there'll, there'll be some surprises. I mean, if you work in the field of maternal child health, if you work in voter engagement, you know, these numbers won't surprise you, and a lot of these things are being worked on in counties. But I think when you see some of this side by side, um, you may think of things a little bit differently. Uh, you looked at the number of uh, or the percentage of uh, households with children headed by women. Uh, and again, you looked at it, I looked at a disparity just amongst the three counties that I, uh, I studied uh, or I looked at most closely. Um, you know, Delaware County has a pretty low rate of uh, female head of households. Franklin County and Marion County have a little higher. Is that something that's also true across the state where you have disparity in the percentage of uh, female heads of households? We do, we do. And this was a number on based in Cuyahoga County where we have one of the highest proportions of female-headed houses here. So we have been looking at this. And, I mean, again, this is something that 
it may be a target um, for future programming. I mean, just understanding that these are women that are going to be more vulnerable. Um, we know that they're actually con- it's a conservative number that they're twice as likely um, as all Ohio households to be living in poverty. Um, and so, you know, when we're thinking about the target for policies and programs or families that might, households, I should say, that may need additional support, um, this is, you know, certainly um, data that would indicate that for, um, you know, those counties, that's, you know, where we need to be focusing. And the gender, uh, the gender wage gap, that is uh, something that uh, we've talked about, um, you know, regularly uh, in the news and, and on this program as well. How does that uh, fare in Ohio? Um, uh, looking county to county, um, how big is the gender pay gap around the state? Sure. So it's 77 cents um, on the dollar, essentially, in the state. And then again, there's a range um, from about 50 to 60 cents on the dollar to about 80 to 90 cents on the dollar. But we don't get to that one-to-one, which would mean there's no disparity, um, you know, that the median earned income for women is the same as men. Uh, but there is a range. Finally, the health, uh, health areas, um, what did you look at in terms of uh, determining the health status of women in all of Ohio's counties? Sure. Well, and this is a place where I would say um, we would have liked to have included um, more data that we weren't able to um, access. And so look for future reports on that, you know, as we um, as we have that available. Um, but certainly we wanted to look at insurance. We often talk about access. And, you know, when you think about this from a public health sense, it's geographic, it's financial, it's cultural, linguistic, you know, access as a broad definition. And so we wanted to think about do women have health insurance? What does that breakdown look like? And what was interesting for us is that although women have health insurance, and in most counties they have access to safety net healthcare centers, these are federally qualified health centers or lookalikes, um, or actually there's free clinics as well that weren't captured in this data that women have access to. Um, you know, although there are resources, we are still seeing, you know, a very high age-adjusted chronic disease mortality rate. So this is essentially um, looking at premature deaths of women. Um, so it was a little lower in Franklin County than in Ohio, for instance. But when you look nationally, that rate is 363 per 100,000 um, women. And in Franklin, it's 399. So even though some counties are doing better than our state average, unfortunately, our state rate is high. So, you know, we all really need to be looking at that. Um, and also for cervical cancer. I mean, these are, we included these because these are really preventable cancers. Um, they can be diagnosed and treated early um, with PAP tests, which are common and um, you know, can be found at the type of health centers, you know, we referenced here, um, yet we have a large proportion um, of women who are being diagnosed with late-stage cancers when they're less likely to be treated. So we thought this was um, really interesting to look at together because, we, um, you know, we have some measures of access that would say women should be able to get the health care they need, um, but we're definitely seeing, we're definitely seeing gaps. One of the findings that you pointed up, uh, again, we want to remind our listeners, we're talking to Melissa Fetterman. She is the uh, True Half Chair of Health Planning at the Center for Community Solutions. They have uh, recently published their Status of Women Fact Book. Uh, you can find that uh, at communitysolutions.com. Uh, did you, you found that there are, I guess, a shortage of female elected officials in Ohio, um, and that varies from county to county, but uh, what... Um, what did you find when you looked at, for example, um, you know, the number of registered voters who are women who did vote uh, and compared that with the number or the percentage of elected officials in Ohio who are women? That's a great question. And to be honest, we haven't done the analysis 
by county um, for women who vote um, and right next to elected officials, essentially. So that's another one for the list, I have to say. Uh, but we, we did see a range, um, which, again, like this is one of the reasons we really wanted to put this data out because, you know, the counties look different. And so we had about 12 percent to 40 percent um, of elected officials um, across the state being women. Um, and, you know, Franklin, this was a highlight in the Franklin County data. I mean, they had a higher proportion um, of elected officials in the county that was at 36 percent. Delaware was a bit lower. They were more middle of the pack, and then Marion was below them. Um, so, you know, again, there's diversity in this data, um, and we know, um, you know, women, when they come to office, they, they bring their experiences, um, you know, from research that we've seen on women in Congress. Um, the, they're more likely to introduce um, policies that will benefit women. Um, so this is definitely, um, you know, an area where we need more work. Yeah, interesting. Uh, looking at, uh, first of all, Delaware County, 69% of registered women voted in 2018, but only 29% of elected officials in the county are women. And then Franklin County, 50% were voted in 2018, but 36% of the elected officials are women. So uh, it, it, it almost is counterintuitive. Just because women are going to the Absolutely. ballot box doesn't mean women are getting elected. Is that because women aren't voting for other women, or you don't you think maybe there just aren't enough women running? Um, what we're seeing from other analyses is it's the latter, that we really need to work on the pipeline for women running. The True Heft Chair of Health Planning at the Center for Community Solutions, Melissa Fetterman, and again, they just published their factbook entitled Status of Women. Uh, you can find out more about that at communitysolutions.com. Melissa, we appreciate you being with us this morning. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time.